So it's been about a year since the Blue Jackets traded Seth Jones to the Chicago Blackhawks for, frankly, a pretty good haul in return. But just how good was this trade? Today, we're talking to Jack Bushman of Locked on Blackhawks to uh, get a little bit of a Chicago perspective on this deal. That's what's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you the news, the stories, the excitement, uh, the tragedy of your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Today, we have got a crossover episode for you, or part one of a crossover episode, actually. and we're going to get that into that in a minute. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. You're never going to have to get behind a paywall for a Locked On product. I'd also like to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online because Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. So, like I said at the top of the show, uh, today we're looking at the Seth Jones trade. We're looking at, now that it's been officially completed and all of the draft picks have been picked, who is the winner, who is the loser, and uh, I thought we'd take a look at how Seth Jones ended up doing in Chicago this season, because I feel like uh, there's a very different story from the Chicago fans and the every other fan. So, uh, I'm just going to just gonna get right into my conversation with, like I said, Jack Bushman of Locked On Blackhawks. And uh, let's see how how the trade went from the other side. So it's been about a year since the uh, the Seth Jones trade, which I think was a big turning point for both the shape of the Blue Jackets' future and the shape of the Blackhawks' future. So I thought let's uh, let's get into it. Let's really look at the trade, how it was for both sides. I know that I've talked a lot on Locked On Blue Jackets about you know how happy I was with the picks with the players that we ended up getting so i thought hey let's get let's get locked on blackhawks in here we'll do a squad cast and uh, let's talk to jack about how he feels about the trade but uh, how's uh, how's it going jack it's going good uh kind of some tough memories looking back at this trade as we've been planning this episode i, I went back and reviewed it late last night and i was just like oh boy this ended up working against the blackhawks in so many different ways so i'm a little scarred from this one uh and as you've mentioned it, it really has um, shaped the Blackhawks' future and not particularly in a good way. It's kind of hindered their rebuild a little bit. Now, obviously, when the trade happened, Stan Bowman was still the general manager, and based on all the other moves that he had made last summer as well, he was really trying to give this team one last run, and it just ended up backfiring in, in the worst way possible, and now the Blackhawks are in an even tougher spot because of that. So, yeah, a little bit scarred from this one, but uh, I am excited to get into it because th- there's a lot to discuss, especially from from the Blackhawks side of things and what they're trying to do right now, Jay. Yeah, for sure. So I guess let's let's start off with just kind of break, breaking it down a little bit. How was Seth Jones for your team last season? So there, there's a lot of varying opinions on the type of season that Seth Jones had last year. Now, 
Based on the numbers, um, he wound up with his second most points in his career with 51, set a new career high in assists with 46. He led the NHL in ice time with over 26 minutes per game. There were a lot of times down the second half of the season where it was getting up right around 30, sometimes even over that if the games were going to overtime. Uh, and, and the Blackhawks were still horrible. So I, I don't even want to think about how bad this team would have been without Seth Jones. And I know there are a lot of people, a lot of Blackhawks fans out there that, that are saying, well, Seth Jones was part of the problem. I, I really don't think that he was. Now, sure, he had his hiccups throughout the course of the season, especially early on. He was really struggling, I think, to get adapted to Jeremy Colleton's system that was a, a little bit wonky and never truly worked in his tenure here as head coach. Uh, also, just kind of getting settled, I think, with new teammates, new defensive pairings, and all that good jazz. I think that really was tough for him early on in the season. But as uh, as the year progressed, he definitely got more and more comfortable. And there were games where you could tell he was the best player on the ice with his ability to skate the puck up in the neutral zone, make things happen on the offensive side of things. For the Blackhawks, they really didn't have another defenseman with that skill set this season. And Seth what was really the only guy who could provide that type of game for this team. And he did have, you know, some times where he struggled in the defensive zone and there's this huge debate about whether or not he truly is a number one defenseman that, you know, I think is still up in the air. I don't know if he's a number one defenseman on a really good team, but to say that he's a bad defenseman, I think is, is just ludicrous. I mean, you got to watch what he's able to do on the ice, the skill set that he provides, the size, uh, the offensive IQ. I mean, he really is, I don't want to call him a unicorn of defenseman because he's not at that elite level, but the size and the skill that he provides, there aren't very many like him in the NHL. So I, I think he's a top pairing defenseman, maybe not, like I said, a number one on a good team, but I thought Seth Jones had a pretty darn good season. And even looking at some of his analytics, again, on one of the worst teams in the entire NHL, this dude was playing 26, 27, 28 minutes a night. And he still had a positive Corsi percentage. He was on the ice for 95 goals for, for the Blackhawks. One of the worst offenses in the entire NHL. He was on the ice for 95 goals for at even strength. Was on the ice for 128 against. But again, he was the NHL leader in time on ice on a terrible team. And one thing that played heavily into that as well, you do a little bit deeper dive into some analytics, His the on-ice save percentage when Seth Jones was on the ice was 87%. Now, Maybe his defensive struggles played into that a little bit, but the goaltending for the Blackhawks was not good this year when he was on the ice. That didn't help him in that department uh, in terms of goals against and the plus minus, which a lot of people randomly love to throw in Seth Jones truther's face. They're like, oh, he was a minus 30 this year. Plus minus is, I mean, it can be helpful in certain situations, but all in all, I think it's known as a pretty overrated stat. So, Again, I'm not saying Seth Jones is a number one defenseman on a good team, but to think that he had a bad season I think is a little bit ridiculous. I thought it was a pretty solid year from Seth all in all, Jay. Coming up in a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Jack about the Seth Jones trade. But first, I've got to tell you about our next partner, which is a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time to mess around with a load of multivitamins and all kinds of different supplements. I wanted something that does everything all in one, and that's what AG1 does. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. 
Uh, it supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And uh, here's the best bit. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your habit, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. They've got over 7,000 five-star reviews, and they're recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel pack for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, for sure. Whenever people throw plus minus in people's faces, I always think about there was a, a season a few years back where I think Alex Ovechkin had like the third worst plus minus in the entire league. You know, yeah, he scores a ton of power for goals and he plays a lot. And, you know, <laughs> he plays it, a million minutes. And... It's all circumstantial. Yeah. For sure. And like, I think, and we've talked about this before, like when we were, and we were discussing, like we've discussed the trade a couple of times or the potential of a trade. A lot of the things that Seth Jones is good at are the things that analytics and stats can't necessarily measure yet. So I think it, it does. And this is something that I've kind of thought about a lot, even when he was on the team as well, you know, there was um, a lot of talk about how Seth Jones is looked good in the eye test, but his analytics are really underwhelming. And I'm like, okay, but, what if we dig into why that is and you know is is there something that we're not measuring that he's really good at and you know all of that kind of stuff so yeah I think Seth Jones had a really tough job this season and I think probably went into the team a little bit overhyped I think a lot of people assumed that he was going to come in and be the savior of this team and you know I saw a lot of tweets being like wow they've picked up Seth Jones they picked up Marc-Andre Fleury Blackhawks are back and unfortunately, Marc-Andre Fleury struggled. Um, I think Seth Jones had a, a pretty decent season, but I think he struggled, again, just by being on a bad team. And it does feel a little bit like when we traded for Patrick Laine a couple of years ago, he had just a truly terrible first season with the Blue Jackets. And whether that's, you know, a combination of, well, he was injured for a little bit at times, um, he was you know, getting used to a new team, the emotional side of being traded, the global pandemic. And then he kind of came out this season and was a point per game. You know, he had 56 points in 56 games, Patrick Lainey this season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Seth Jones take an even bigger jump next season as he kind of gets used to this, um, the systems, gets used to a new coach, gets used to new teammates, is kind of used to being a Blackhawk a little bit more now. Yeah, I think that's a good point that you bring up. The expectations, too, can really, I think, sway people's opinions, especially when Seth Jones inks a eight-year, $9.5 million contract. I think everyone knows that was a little bit too much for Seth Jones, right? But now people are associating him with that $9.5 million number. I saw, uh, you know, Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter? Mm -hmm. He posted, he's been posting a bunch of polls, and he ran a poll about, they rated number one defenseman and Seth Jones was rate was rated by fans as the 27th best number one defenseman in the NHL. Now there's a lot of good defensemen out there. I don't know if he's top 10, but 27th, I felt like was entirely 
too low for what he does. And I actually tweeted out, I wonder where Seth Jones would be if he made eight to $8.5 million. Because I really think that number changes the way people view him. And also, like you said, coming into this season, there were a lot of expectations that the Blackhawks were going to be lively again. They were, you know, making moves that fans perceived and rightfully perceived to be moves that are made to try and contend, try to get back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then there there were a bunch of things that happened early on in the season. Of course, the team went on a, a horrible start. I don't think they had a lead for the first seven games or something ridiculous. And then obviously the Kyle Beach stuff as well. Like Seth Jones was probably like, what is going on here? This is not what I signed up for when I said I, I'd get traded to the Blackhawks. Like it was probably such a tough situation for, for him to go into. And I'm sure that probably played a part in his slowish start for in his first year with the Blackhawks as well. So yeah, I think people need to be a little bit patient with Seth Jones. I know they want to see the immediate results, but um, time, time is only going to tell whether or not he truly is this type of defenseman. And it's, it's an interesting spot for him to be in right now, right? Too, because in just a year's time, I'm sure he's not very happy with the direction this team is taking, not what he signed on for at all. And with the contract that he has, it's, it's, basically unmovable. Even if he were to waive his no movement clause, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to want to retain salary for seven or eight years. You know what I mean? I think Seth Jones is here for the long haul and it's going to be tough for him. So, um, but with that being said, I I wish Blackhawks fans would just go and view him with an open opinion, like not have this preconceived notion. This actually happened earlier in the season as well. Um, I was at a Blackhawks game and this person I was sitting next to was just hounding him the whole game. I'm like, for what? It's just like these preconceived notions that people have of Seth Jones. It's actually kind of wild to me that because of what he signed on for, the contract that he signed, it's almost like people don't want him to succeed now. It's really weird, Jay. I can't put it into terms, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Seth Jones as the Blackhawks embark on this rebuild because – Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, the two other players that have no movement clauses, their contract is coming to an end. Seth Jones is here for the next eight years, and I don't see that contract being moved. So that puts the Blackhawks in a kind of peculiar spot as well as they they try to embark upon this full scorched earth rebuild, which is another thing we can talk about with this trade as well, how trading all these draft picks and young players have really put the Blackhawks in a worse position than they were in originally. Yeah, it's it's weird. It feels like the situations of the Black Hawks and the Blue Jackets have almost kind of flipped a little bit. Like, um, I was just talking to uh, Tony Ferrari, draft expert, about this and how the Blue Jackets basically didn't sell the whole farm for that one playoff win against Tampa Bay in 2019. But they had like, two, I think they had two draft picks in that next draft and it was fourth round pick and a seventh round pick. And cool. suddenly they've turned that around and they got they had three first round picks last year they had two first round picks this year you look at the players that they've picked up with those and suddenly the blue jackets have gone from having basically nothing in the cupboard to actually maybe one of the best defensive pools in like prospect pools in the nhl like yeah there are some gaps in terms of some positions but the blue jackets have really kind of turned things around with a speed that i don't think anyone was expecting and it does feel a little bit like the Blackhawks were there it feels like the black if the Blackhawks had maybe had one to two more seasons of patience instead of Stan Bowman losing his mind and being like I'm gonna 
trade the future for Seth Jones. And then obviously what's ended up happening is Debrinkat's gone. Uh, Brandon Hagel, who was another promising young player, has gone. Um, Dylan Strome has gone, who, I mean, I know Blackhawk fans didn't like him very much. I've always been very high on, on Dylan Strome, and I know that you liked him a lot as well. Um, it's been been a strange a strange kind of flipping of, of circumstances for these two teams and I mean fortunately for me the Blue Jackets are on the winning side of that I think unfortunately for you I think the Blackhawks have got a little bit a little bit to go before they uh, are even back in the the situation where they're like right okay we're on our way out of the rebuild now I think it's going to be a tough couple of tough couple of seasons for for Blackhawks fans Coming up in a minute, I have got more of my conversation with Jack. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Because if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. You ready? Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light, chewy texture, real chunks of cookie dough. And like every Built Bar, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joy of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, with 15 grams of protein and only 160 calories, it's good for you as well. So rent a built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat. Or you find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself, which is uh, what I do. You are going to love these new bars, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste even better than a candy bar. So ditch the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Yeah, this year is going to be very gross. I'm not looking forward to it. But, yeah, I mean, if you just go back and look at this trade, I mean, if you want to successfully go about a rebuild, you do what Columbus did here. I mean, this is picture perfect. Going back on the deal, for those who may have forgotten, it has been a year now or over a year a little bit. Uh, The Blackhawks acquired Seth Jones, a 2021 first-round pick, which was the 32nd overall selection, and a 2022 sixth-round pick in exchange for Adam Boquist, uh, a 2021 first, which was the 12th overall selection, a 2022 first, which wound up being the sixth overall selection, and a 2021 second. Uh, And now we can know what this deal is a little bit further since the draft picks have happened. The Blackhawks essentially got Seth Jones, Nolan Allen, which is who they took at number 32, which is looking like a really shaky pick. I'm not going to lie. And then the 2022 six round pick they used on Dominic James, who's a young player uh, still playing college hockey with the university of Minnesota Duluth. But for Columbus, they wind up with Adam Boquist, the 12th overall selection in last year's draft wound up being Cole Sillinger, who was the only player from that draft to stay in the NHL for the entirety of the season. They get the sixth overall pick this year, which they take David Yerichek, the defenseman from um, the Czech Republic. And then they also use that second to acquire Jake Bean, correct? Yes. Yeah, they so, that second for Jake Bean from Carolina. So that's how you go about a rebuild right there. You get Adam Boquist, one of the best prospects in the Blackhawks system at that time, a thin prospect pool, but Adam Boquist, still very talented. Cole Sillinger, as I already mentioned, the only player from that draft as an 18-year-old to play over the nine-game limit. All of the rest of the players were sent back to juniors. David Yurchek, obviously the jury's still out on him. We don't know what type of player he's going to be, but looks like a solid defenseman adding to a, a Blue Jackets prospect pool that's now seemingly growing and growing and growing because of this trade. And then they also got Jake Bean, who as a 23-year-old this year, played over 20 minutes per game. I mean, 
tell me the Blackhawks couldn't use all of those pieces right now. That's the funny part about this is now that Kyle Davidson's in charge, all he's talked about throughout the rebuilding process is accumulating assets through the draft, developing properly, and hitting on those high first round picks. The high first round picks he knows are really what's going to be crucial to turning this around. And the Blackhawks, if they didn't make this trade, they could have had the 12th overall pick last year. And according to some sources, it looked like they were going to take Cole Sillinger themselves had they kept the pick. And then they also could have had the sixth and seventh pick in this year's first round draft, assuming that they still trade Alex to it. They could have had six and seven and then 13 in this year's draft too, if they decided to trade Kirby Doc as well. I mean, that's those picks are crucial for a team going through a rebuild. And I know Kyle Davidson would have loved to still have those draft picks. It really would have set the Blackhawks up in a better position than they're at right now, because even though I think they had a pretty good 2022 NHL draft and they had 11 picks in this year's draft, I mean, it's clear what they're trying to do here, but the prospect pool still has a little bit of a ways to go for sure. Now there is a couple players with the potential to be high end talent, but it would it, it could be a whole lot deeper had they not made this trade. And of course, going through a rebuild, there's no need to take on the contract of a player like Seth Jones at $9.5 million. Now that the Blackhawks are going to be in a financial jam any longer, which they've been in for a greater part of a decade now, but um, having that $9.5 million tied up for the next eight years with a full no movement clause, I mean, it's definitely not ideal. So all in all, I mean, there's no way to go about it. You can make any case for the Blue Jackets here. I mean, they went. it, it helped kickstart their rebuild. They added to their prospect pool, got some high-end talent. They also acquired a great young defenseman in Jake Bean who's already taking on a major role. I mean, again, this is how you go about a rebuild, and I'm sure Kyle Davidson is spending time locked in a bathroom by himself screaming about what Stan Bowman did because it really hindered the Blackhawks. And that's why this is going to be a four, five, six year process because we got to build back up this prospect pool because Stan Bowman seemingly shipped all of them out the door. So um, from a Blackhawks perspective, Jay, there's no other way to say it, that this was a massive failure and really put them in a tough spot going forward. But getting into how this affected Columbus. I mean, like you said, you just have to be ecstatic about all the doors that it's opened. And I think having a prospect pool like this, I'm sure maybe not a huge reason, but could have been a big, a big part of why Johnny Goudreau decided to come here, right? Like there is young talent here now, and there's going to be young talent coming through the system in the next few years. Like talk to me about how massive of a win this was for Columbus because on paper, it, it really looks like it, it helped them in many different ways. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like let's, let's start off with the, the prospect that we got out of Boquist didn't play a lot this season, uh, had some injury trouble. I believe he got put on the, the COVID protocol list at one point, but man, every time I watch him play, I'm like, how is this kid only 21? Like he, I think he, he had 10 or 12 goals this season, uh, just scored most of them from about six feet away from the net. Like, this kid is, I don't want to say Seth Jones light. He could be our Seth Jones replacement. If he can stay healthy, if he can keep going on this this development path, um, you know, with the greatest respect in the world to the Blackhawks development system, I don't know that they really knew what they had with Adaboquist. 
and I don't know that they knew how to get the most out of him. Um, I think Columbus can do that. Uh, they ended up drafting Cole Sillinger at 12th overall, who, like you've said, played in the NHL as an 18-year-old, uh, scored a hat-trick as one of, like, I think he was the 6th or 7th youngest player ever to score a hat-trick in the NHL. Um, the youngest player to do it since, I believe, Patrick Laine did it in 2016. I remember, so, that. I remember that thinking, this kid is about to change the game. Yeah. And I just, I... Cole Sillinger, I think, was the most exciting part of last season for me. To watch this kid come into this league, and okay, I think he only had 16 goals or something, but 16 goals as an 18-year-old on a team that struggled to score as it is, like, and he's just getting started. He's going to be even better this season, I think. Um, you know, poten- there's potential of putting him between Patrick Laine and Johnny Cadreau, like, as, as a 19-year-old in this league. It's, it's really, really, he's something special that I didn't know that we had until he got on the ice and just showed the world. Like Brad Larson was at the very beginning of the season. Brad Larson was like, I keep looking for reasons to send him back to the WHL and he's just not giving me any, he's making me keep him. So, you know, I would have been happy with, I think legitimately I would have been happy with just getting Cole Sillinger out of this deal. Like that's how much, that's how much I love Cole Sillinger. <laughs> um, we ended up picking David Yurichek, with the sixth overall pick, he was one of my, he was my, I think I had him ranked second or third in terms of prospects in this draft. Uh, I'm super, super happy that the Blue Jackets end up getting him. I think him dropping to sixth was a bit of a shock, but Philadelphia helped us out, decided to draft Cutter Gautier, just an incredibly Philadelphia Flyers player, which is a whole other thing, but I'm super excited. He's another guy. I could see him in the NHL in October. I think he could walk onto this team. Um, and that's maybe one of my hot takes for this this offseason is that David Juracek is going to be on the roster in, in uh, October. But I also don't think it's that hot of a take. And then you look at Jake Bean, who has kind of been the extra player thrown in. And like you say, he's playing 20 minutes tonight. As, as a 23-year-old as well, you know, the players that we got just kickstarted this rebuild. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, We're not going to have a new episode tomorrow because we're still on those three-a-week episodes. But on Wednesday, I'll be bringing you the second half of my conversation with Jack. We just had so much to say about the Blue Jacket prospect, about this trade that uh, we talked for a little bit longer than we planned to. So we're going to have part two coming up on Wednesday. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. If you haven't hit subscribe on YouTube, then uh, I highly recommend it because uh, you can see my smiling face as well as getting all of your Blue Jackets information. And uh, you're never going to have to get behind a paywall for either the YouTube or the podcast. So uh, get in on the ground floor, so to speak. But uh, until Wednesday, make sure you stay locked on.